0: Hello and welcome back to the Vol Report Show. I'm Ryan Sylvia of VolReport.com on the Rivals Network. And we have a very special guest with us today, Stephen Whitaker of BirdsUp.com, UTSA's site on the Rivals Network, going to help us get a feel for what team Tennessee is welcoming into Neyland Stadium this Saturday. And Stephen, UTSA, it's a program that's been on the rise recently, but not necessarily one that maybe a Vol fan who keeps their focus on the SEC or maybe just Tennessee is fully familiar with. So recapping it, they're coming off an 11-3 season. They're back-to-back Conference USA champions, but now moving into the American head coach Jeff Trailer in his fourth season. So my first question for you is what should Vol fans know about this program as a whole?
1: So the program as a whole, it's, uh, it's going to be a scrappy group that uh, they're not going to be intimidated by the location they have played in tough environments before. And uh, trailer uh, he originally is from East Texas where he was a high school coaching legend at Gilmer. Um, and then he worked his way up after 15 years at Gilmer, he got into college coaching and then UTSA is his first head coaching job. Uh, and He's already uh, in his second year. He turned down an offer from Texas Tech to stay at UTSA, so there is some a little bit of loyalty there. And, and I mean, there's a good chance he'll go somewhere. I mean, like if Tennessee ever came open, that would be one he would probably consider. Um, but it's just it's a team that is kind of like San Antonio is a city. Uh, it's gonna show up. And it's not going to be worried about how good the other team is. It's it's they're going to go out there and try to do their best to, you know, win the game. And uh, you, the odds may be against them, but then San Antonio is known for odds being against it and coming out on top. But I'm not saying they're going to win on Saturday. I'm just saying yeah. that they're not going to be the the rollover that people in Knoxville might have been used to for Week Four opponents.
0: Yeah, I think maybe the the casual fan uh, of Tennessee, like I mentioned, if they just have their focus on the SEC or Tennessee as a program, they probably see UTSA on the schedule and see them as an Austin P or a school like that. But it really is anything but that. It's a program that's been really, really impressive in the last
1: few years. And but, and it's only in its 13th season too. So this, yeah. this climb is – and I've been fortunate to cover them from – when Coker was first hired back in 2009, I was a freshman at UTSA, so it's been neat to be able to cover the rise, and and there have been low points on this climb, but for the most part, the trajectory's been pretty upward since the start. I believe it was
0: number 15 in the country just a a few years ago.
1: Yeah, they got to number 15
0: two years ago. started 11-0, and and Yes, yeah, so definitely not a team that Tennessee fans should expect to, to blow out of the water or anything like that. I, I think it's got the potential to be a, a really good game and at the very least should be a, a strong test for Tennessee to see where they're at this season. Yeah. But UTSA, a team going into the year, received votes in the AP poll, lost to Houston to start the year, narrow win over Texas State, and then last Friday, I believe it was, lose to Army at home. Yeah. Is it fair to say that that's been a disappointing
1: start to the season for UTSA? I think you could say that that's fair. I think, and if you look at how Houston has looked the last two weeks, where they lose in overtime at Rice, which those of you not familiar with Texas, the Rice and Houston, the schools are four miles apart from each other. And there's, even though Houston had been dominating the last couple of years, that's a rivalry that, you know, kind of you throw the records out when they play each other and mm-hmm. and then Houston losing to TCU last week. Um, so I think looking back it now, if you're the Roadrunners, you're kind of frustrated that, you know, that was a game you could have gotten at Houston. But it just, you know, even though they only got one touchdown off of it, you're it's hard to win when you have three interceptions and three straight pass attempts. And then this past week against Army, uh, even though Army has changed their offense in that they run out of more shotgun, they're still Army. They still like to run the ball like it's 1942. Um, and so UTSA had problems with the fact that Army had the ball for 45 minutes of the 60 minutes game and if you fall behind against Army, which UTSA did, and then you fumble uh, to where Army is allowed to double their lead, that is a big hole to try to climb out of. And UTSA got it to within two points and looked like they had got momentum back. But then Army did, of all things, a quick strike to, dry, to play 80-yard drive and took momentum up back. Um, and so it was just kind of, you know, you can't dig a hole that deep and then you almost come back and then you get burned on a 80 yard drive. So it was just kind of a combination of, uh, not, and I mean, I'll say army UTSA has had problems with army even before trailer got here when they first met back in 2019, um, it's it's a tough opponent for anyone. And then when, when you put on top of that, that UTSA doesn't see that kind of offense ever again for the rest of a season. And I think having the short week wasn't helpful because you really do need seven days to prepare for army and you only get six, which that's how, I mean, that's how the schedule was made. And I don't think the UTSA fans were upset with getting an ESPN game on Friday night. Um, although Trailer has mentioned he's not a fan of Friday night games, but then that's his Texas high school mm-hmm. coach history speaking. Um, so it was just, you know, the opportunities were there for UTSA, but they just didn't capitalize. And then you give up the one turnover in the game turns into a seven points. And then the difference in the game, it's an eight point game. So, you know, Who's to say you don't fumble there? It's a different game.
0: Is there one thing you think you can point at and say that's why UTSA isn't off to the best start? We'll talk about the Frank Harris situation soon. Is it just the quarterback play? Is is there more to it? What would you, if you could, point out to be the biggest issue right now?
1: I think you could point to two. Injuries, which... You know, every team has injuries, but UTSA, uh, obviously Harris uh, had four surgeries in the offseason, and so he was just now getting into game rhythm, and then he hurts his toe against Texas State. Um, And then on that same drive that he hurt his toe, uh, the roadrunner, one of the key starters on the offensive line, Makai Hart, goes down with a leg injury and is out for six to eight weeks but maybe more Uh, and so that's an important cog in the offensive line that you then have to shuffle guys around and then on defense uh, last week against army trey moore who's one of the better outside linebackers in the conference goes down with a foot injury and so that's one thing is you know you you haven't been able to stay healthy The other is, and they had the same issue last year, uh, they're not getting turnovers on defense. And that is something that, of course, last year they finally got their first turnover week four, but they're playing against Texas Southern, which is another school from Houston that's at the FCS level. Uh, So I'm not saying they're going to get turnovers this weekend, but that was kind of what started their – Run and they ended up with twenty-two turno- turnovers on defense last year. Um, so it, I think it's and Trailer has mentioned it in one of his press conferences that it's like all they need is one, and it might be that the floodgates start opening. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's a lot to that, but when you have a minus five turnover differential through three games, a lot of teams would probably say you're you're happy to be one and two. But I think where they thought they would be, you know, they they were hoping two and one or three and zero to start the year.
0: Yeah, Uh, let's jump in a little bit deeper into the quarterback situation. Frank Harris is that guy. He's been that guy for UTSA Mm -hmm. since 2020, even getting some reps in 2019. He's questionable heading into this game with the turf toe. I want to know first of all. Do you expect him to play? What's kind of the the vibe around the program right now in terms of the expectation if he'll play or not? And then Eddie Lee Marberger, a guy that's also been around the program for a little bit, has yeah. been the one to step up in his absence. Kind of what's the difference between the two? What just, just, if it's Frank Harris? What are you going to get? If it's Eddie, what are you going to get? What is that? What does that look like when you're talking about that QB two possibly playing?
1: So I think with Frank. It's gonna it's gonna be like like where they against Army where it was right up until the pregame warmups when you didn't know if he was gonna play or not and then in the warmups he came out with his jersey on and basketball shorts and the boot that had been on his foot since the end of the Texas State game was still on and so that was when you kind of found out that he wasn't uh, I think that's probably gonna be a similar in that you won't know if he's playing or not until he comes out for pregame warmups. And if he's, you know, out on the field throwing, then there's probably a good chance he'll play. Uh, But if he's not, then it's Eddie Lee. Uh, And I think probably the best thing that happened for Eddie Lee was that his first start came against Army and not Tennessee because he was able to do some things against Army's defense and their secondary that he probably wouldn't have been able to accomplish against Tennessee uh, like the Hail Mary at the end of the first half mm. I mean he put that that was he probably could have thrown that from 54 yards and he it was 44 yards uh, but I think the height that Tennessee has compared to Army the a couple of balls might have been able to get up there and knock it down but credit to Uh, Tyke Ogle-Kellogg for climbing over two Army defenders to come down with it. And it – I mean, it was a big play at the time. Um, So I think Eddie – and he showed Friday that he can knock off – he can get you the long ball. Uh, His other – all three of his touchdowns were at least 40 yards. So if you give him time to find someone deep, uh, he has a good chance of connecting – um, Harris it would be interesting to see because a lot of his skill is ab- ability to escape the pocket mm-hmm. uh, but if you know he's not a hundred percent you know how easy is he going to be able to get out of the pocket with his if his toe is still bothering him um, Eddie Lee he kind of showed moments where he would escape and run um, but he's not the speedster that Frank is. And that's not a knock on Eddie Lee. It's just Frank Harris is that guy that he can beat you through the air or on the ground. Uh, and in the leash of the last two years, uh, Harris has been either the second or third leading rusher for UTSA. So he isn't afraid to tuck it and run um, Eddie. I, you know, it, as he gets more into his career, there's, possibilities that he might uh, develop that another person or another guy to look out for is owen mccown uh trailer mentioned this week that he wanted to get owen uh some time on friday against army but the way that game unfolded he wasn't able to um but mccown is uh from jacksonville texas uh his dad and uncles all played for coach trailer when trailer was an assistant at Jacksonville High School um, and then Owen transferred in from Colorado so it's possible that if Frank can't go um, that you and if the game either one way or the other turns to where you have backup soon on both sides there's a chance you might see Owen McCown also so UTSA's kind of got three quarterbacks that they want to see what can do uh it's just you know is there going to be the snaps available and then if harris is good to go uh do you run him out for tennessee and risk a longer injury that then affects your conference run because as i uh, mentioned it in my q a with you guys you know by the at the end of the day saturday whatever the score in Tennessee is, UTSA is still zero and zero in conference. And so if you have a healthy Frank Harris for conference, that increases the odds of UTSA being able to contend uh, more than if you have Eddie Lee or McCown. So that's also, I think, going into the kind of the, where the coaches are is, you know, do we run Frank out for this game at the expense of the conference. Or if he's not ready, we say, all right, we'll give him another week. And then you give him the bye week to rest up before conference starts. So that was kind of a long way around to saying uh, we won't know who UTSA's quarterback is till probably about an hour before kickoff.
0: Yeah, something to look out for before kickoff. Uh, and And I think that's a, a very interesting point about conference play where UtSA really is playing with house money on Saturday because they're they you would expect them to fully lean into your first year in the American and and try to to really make an impact there. So uh, expectations wise it, it's really it'll be interesting to see it. if Frank Harris is eighty five percent good to go, will they let him go at it with the risk of of reinjuring him or? Are they going to try to save him? I think that's an interesting situation for for UTSA heading into this game. But let's talk about the defensive side of the ball, a 4-3 concept. How have they been to this point in the year? And how do you think they match up with a unique offense like Tennessee's? Pretty much the the opposite of what Army was doing last week. Mm -hmm. Now you're facing a team that wants to spread the field, uh, establish the run, of course, but also likes to, to try to take some shots deep. How do you think UTSA is going to handle that that task?
1: Yeah. Uh well, I mean, before they faced Army, the defense had actually been the strong suit of the Roadrunners through the first two games. I mean, the fact, you know, Houston uh Harris threw three interceptions, but Houston was only able to get seven points off of those three interceptions. And a lot of that has to do with the Roadrunner defense, uh really did a good job of slowing down Houston. Uh, and then a lot of Houston's scoring drives were from short yardage. Uh, like their first touchdown was set up by a 50 yard punt return. Uh, and then Texas state, it was a similar where if they had a long drive, the defense, you know, found a way to get off the field. The problem they ran into with army was Army went six for six on fourth down conversions. And so if your opponent is six for six on fourth downs, that means your defense isn't getting off the field. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was kind of a just, you know, by the end, by the end of that, really by that fourth quarter, you could just tell the defense had given all they could. And uh, it was, you know, just uphill. Um, But the Tennessee offense, I mean, talent-wise, it'll probably be the best offense UTSA plays this year. But scheme-wise, it will be similar to some of the defenses, or sorry, some of the offenses UTSA has faced in the past. The big thing will be uh, UTSA's corners in the past have had a history of getting burned on deep balls. Um, So that'll be something where if they can, keep that to a minimum, uh, it will bode well for the road runners. Uh, the run defense, uh, usually, I mean, if, if you have Trey Moore in there, he, uh, through two games had four sacks. So, and he had, uh, he's pushing toward the school record for tackles for a loss for a career. Um, so he's someone that can get to the backfield if, uh, if he's healthy. Um, so it's, it's going to be an interesting game. I think UTSA might be happy that they're not going to have to play army again, just Mm because the way that that offense causes them fits for each of, I mean, even last year when they beat army in overtime, army put 38 points on them. Um, and that was the most, any team put on them and, and aside from Texas last year, um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, I think the defense will be excited for a new challenge of what Tennessee runs, uh, and just you know, for these kids in the G five. I mean, some of them have transferred out from P five, but anytime you can go against a, a P five school, you're you're going to be up for it. And uh, I kind of feel to piggy or to. Carry on to something else, not to move from defense. But I do feel like uh, this kind of shapes up like last year's visit to Austin, where UTSA just went in and just kind of let the chips fall where they may. And at one point, UTSA was up 17 to 7. And then in the third quarter, UTSA had the ball, uh, they were down a touchdown. And Harris threw a pick six, and that kind of springboarded the Longhorns to their forty-one to twenty win. But for most of the night, the Roadrunner defense had been holding their own, and then that pick six kind of opened the floodgates, and uh, B. John Robinson was able to remember who he was and kind of went off on the defense there in the second half. But for a while, they, you know, they had America thinking maybe they could do it.
0: Key piece of that defense, Martavius French, mm-hmm. a name that Tennessee fans might be familiar with, a four-star out of Memphis. Originally was a Vol out of the, the I believe, the 2019 or 2020 class. Uh, but he played in the 20, 2020 class, played in the 2020 season for Tennessee, except he never saw the field, ended up transferring out to a community college and then found his way over to UTSA. So to give Tennessee fans a, a quick update, how has Martavius French done? He's in his second year with UTSA now coming off a 10-tackle game against Army.
1: Just, uh-huh. just how has he done for, for the Roadrunners? He, uh, he's uh, almost to where he was last year just through three games. So last year he had 23 total tackles, uh, 13 solo, This year, he's already up to 17 tackles, uh, seven solo. So he's definitely gotten more involved with the uh, defense this year. And I think he had a couple of big plays uh, against Houston. um, And then he had some good tackles against Texas State. Uh, Other thing he kind of does is he opens the – door for the other guys to get in and so there I mean there's plays that maybe won't show up on stats which I always thought there should be like an assist on sacks so like if 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 for example let's say French pulls the double team of the guard in the center and that opens the door for a Trey Moore or a Brandon Brown uh to get to the quarterback you know that he should be recognized that by pulling the double team, he opened the door for that sack. Um, so maybe you guys in the sec, y'all can get that <laughs> track tracking around the country that, Hey, let's give guys assists for sacks for like, if they pull a double team or something, cause y'all got that sway.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like the idea. I, I feel like some of those guys up front deserve some of that credit. And I'm sure all the players would, would love that to to be added to their stat line too. get some half sacks and they're like, you get the the half tackles for loss, and, and I guess you get the half sack for yeah, if you bringing them down with the guy, but, yeah. but definitely more to it than just the guy that actually gets the tackle.
1: So, and I say that as a former junior high defensive lineman. So but there
0: you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> My career sack totals were never high. Yeah, could, could have used a, a little bit of. A boost I'm sure you were demanding the double teams. So, yep.
0: <laughs> but all right, let's uh, let's get a score prediction. From you, how do you right. think this is going to play
1: out? What, what do you what do you see the score ending up being? All right. Well, I think you know UTSA they're going to play close uh, for the first half, um, but then I think you know Tennessee it'll be the Volunteers will you know they'll remember that even though UTSA is blue and orange, this isn't Florida, and you know we can actually beat these guys. Um, so I think Tennessee will pull away in the second half, uh, and I'll go. Uh, Tennessee
0: 38, UTSA 21. I I like that. I think Tennessee fans would be happy with that result just because of, once again, going back to how we started the show, level of competition is solid with UTSA and and being able to take a 17-point win I I think would be a positive for Tennessee and something they could build off of heading into the the rest of their SEC slate. But, Stephen, thank you for joining us. I would
1: like to, before we go, I would like to... Uh, point out this will be UTSA's 150th game as a program. There you go. So
0: that's uh, because yeah, we mentioned earlier as well. Uh, the the path they've taken to becoming a, a really solid program has been so interesting, just because of the recent like uh, start to the program. Yep. you look at all these SEC teams and first year playing 1910, UTSA. It
1: hasn't been that long, so. Yeah, The that's first a, first year was 2011.
0: Yeah. That, that's a really cool uh, mark that I, I didn't realize that that was uh, kind of the, the annual game for them 150. So, so that'll yeah. be a cool thing to, to look out for as well, for sure. But uh, thank you for hopping on. Can, tell the people where they
1: can read your stuff, where they can find you on socials. So I am uh birds is our website. And then, uh, Twitter or X, whichever you want to call it. I'll, i still call it Twitter, uh, is at stephenwitt 89 and that's, uh, Steven with a pH as the good Lord intended. Um, and so in addition to UTSA, I also, uh, am the beat writer for San Antonio FC for the San Antonio express news and occasionally cover the San Antonio missions baseball team. So come for the UTSA coverage and stay for the San Antonio professional sports teams.
0: There you go. Head over to StephenWitt89 at Twitter or X and be up to date on this UTSA team. Uh, Be be the smartest one at the tailgate this Saturday and and read some of Stephen's stuff and be able to flex uh, some Roadrunner knowledge on, on your friends and
1: family this weekend ahead of this game. And when and, and when Ten- and when Tennessee wins you can tell your friends that the Vols were the first team in the Volunteer State to beat UTSA. There you go. The Roadrunners are 3 and 0 in the state of Tennessee coming into Saturday. So Who are the who are the other programs
0: they played if you can remember off the top of your they, head?
1: They beat Middle Tennessee okay. uh, twice before departing Conference USA. Okay. And then 2 years ago in what remains one of my favorite correct predictions they went into memphis uh, they fell behind 21 to nothing and then came back and won 31 to 28 Uh, but in the lead up to that game in my prediction and in a podcast with the guys at alamo audible which is another good source for uh, utsa information i said that utsa would beat memphis 31 to 28 on a last second field goal (laughs) And when it happened, my phone blew up from people saying, you were right, why didn't you go to Vegas? And I said, that was the one time I'll be right. And uh, I think think I've been right once or twice other other than that. So I'm about three for 149, which isn't bad. Yeah, we'll have to see if
0: you can add another one uh, this Saturday after the score prediction you just gave. But, you know, Tennessee fans don't really have – uh, a lot of beef with MTSU, but I'm sure a lot of them will be happy to hear that UTSA took down uh, their kind of in state rival on the other side of the state in Memphis. So, looking yeah. for that, that first win over uh, first win as a state over UTSA within the, the confines of the volunteer state. But, Stephen, thank you for joining. We appreciate it. Uh, good, best of luck this Saturday, of course. For everyone listening, make sure you head over to VolReport.com as well for all of your Tennessee coverage and subscribe to the YouTube channel right here. We'll have more content on the way, interview or press conference with Josh Heupel, me and Noah breaking them all down, checkerboard chatters with Tyler Ivins, and then, of course, all the video content you need on game days. Thank you so much for listening or watching, whether it's here on YouTube or over on Apple or Spotify, and we appreciate the support as always. Thanks.